this is the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Why can't you attract healthy relationships instead of toxic ones? You might ask yourself this question, or maybe you don't, but you thought it would somehow be different this time, right? Like you might go on a date with someone who feels really different than the rest of the people you dated. But as time goes by, you realize in the end, oh my God, it's the same person, (laughs) different costume. The same person where you might feel disrespected, criticized, isolated, powerless, and worthless. In other words, you are again, a victim of an emotionally abusive relationship. And since this has happened before, you might even be wondering if this is something you did that led to the emotional abuse. And emotional mistreatment and abuse can take many forms, by the way. And sometimes it's like even it'll like sneak up on you. You don't even realize it's happening to you. And other times it comes in waves of complete silence. And someone may not even be aware of their behavior, the one who is abusing. And, you know, if the intention of their actions is to exert control, take your power away, manipulate you or retain you against your will, then that is abusive behavior. And it can be difficult to know when you're experiencing the emotional abuse or even how to detect it, quite honestly. You may not recognize some of the signs. And maybe you've been led to believe you're too sensitive. Like maybe it's just you or all your relationships are like this. I remember I was working with a man who kept attracting these highly critical and controlling women. And in his mind, because he was a caretaker and a people pleaser, he was doing what he was supposed to do, especially in his mind, what he thought a man should do to fix to take care of, to provide. And he did this with everyone, in fact, with his coworkers, his children, his friends, and his past relationships with women. You know, nothing seemed good enough. And they would constantly put him down and say that he was doing things wrong or somehow blame him. And what we uncover together is that his mother was highly critical and highly reactive and moody. So He was constantly trying to please her growing up and in some ways taking care of her needs. And he realized he just wasn't used to someone taking care of him and in a constant quest to gain love with women who wasn't capable of giving it to him. And it became a broken record. So in the beginning, when dating these women, he didn't recognize it until we started working together. And I put him on this dating regimen, if you will, that required him to collect data by dating a lot of women, but not get into a relationship, which was hard for him because that's like what he did. And he really learned how to let women earn him rather than trying to please them to gain that validation. And he didn't even realize he was doing that and that he was actually attracted to the hard to get women, right? And or the demanding women, like he was interpreting that as, well, I have chemistry with her. And for the first time, you know, he finally started stepping into his power and demanding respect from the women. And for the first time saying no, when they weren't treating him right. So you see, he was attracted to these charismatic, 
you know, women, which were very manipulative. And, and, and again, he interpreted that as chemistry, but in the end he dated up a storm, he learned to set boundaries and eventually attracted women who treated him with respect, kindness, and love. He didn't recognize it at first. He almost self-sabotaged it, but eventually he got it. So abusive relationships in which you become victimized are easy. It's an easy cycle to get into and likely started back with your parental figures. And this can cause trauma and lead to a wide range of problems down the line when you're trying to create healthy relationships as an adult, because once you're accustomed to emotionally abusive relationships, you're more likely to attract them. Now with me today is someone who I'm I'm so excited about, by the way, and he is going to help me talk about these cycles of emotional abuse and how to break it so that you can date smarter, not harder. He is a clinical psychologist, director of the Marriage Recovery Center, and a best-selling author of over 30 books. Oh my God, I'm just like aspired to do one. So we'll have to talk about that. He has helped bring healing to thousands of marriages and individuals since he began his work in 1976. He is passionate about working with couples in crisis and helps them discover new ways of doing things and have healthy and thriving relationships. Welcome, Dr. David Hawkins. Are you there? I am here, Kimmy. My goodness, you've shared a lot of information, and it's really good information that you just shared, by the way. It's accurate. It's really healthy. I would I would spin off on one thing, and that is nothing that anyone does creates emotional abuse. It's nothing that you have done. You're not responsible in any way, shape, or form for another person's emotional immaturity, profound emotional immaturity powering over, demanding, dominating, defensive behavior. Not only there's nothing you you did or do that creates that situation. And the second thing I would add from just that beautiful introduction was that you can all, everyone can get smarter about all this stuff so you can see toxicity. By the way, Kimmy, toxicity is felt before it is understood. But mm-hmm. you feel it. We all feel it. Our feelers like, yeah. hey, something ain't right here. I'm not feeling good about this. And then as you become clearer, clarity, by the way, that's such a critical word. Clarity is what we all want. And that's what I guarantee anyone working with me. Not any magical solutions, but we will get clear. And when we get clear, you will know what to do, whether you need to back away from this relationship, whether you can gently move forward, whether you can move ahead expeditiously. But clarity is something we all need, and it's something that we can get. I love everything you just said. And you know what's what's really great, what you highlighted in, in just both aspects that you extracted is that that it's empowering, right? Like it gives people hope. And so many times, you know, you might feel, well, there's no good men or there's no good women out there, or you're looking to like shift other things. And what it is, is that if, and I always talk about this, when you know that there's some things that you can do to get a different result, that is what's, you know, that's, what's so empowering. So thank you for that, you know, but what I want to actually back up, because I don't know much about you, um, because you've been doing this a long time, which I just- Long time, long, long time. (laughs) And that you're still in it. You're still helping. It's exciting. Well, come on. This stuff is juicy stuff. I mean, why- 
Why wouldn't I be in it? It's it's uh, I think working with even challenging people can be exciting. But go ahead. You well, yeah, because well, this is what I wanted to ask okay. you. What got you into it in the first place? Like, let's rewind a little bit. Yeah, hear your backstory. Oh man. Well, it was 1976, 1977, 1978, and I'll tell you, I was telling somebody else about this, Portland, Oregon, uh-huh. and I is just a kid. Like, what did I know back? Like, I don't know what I knew, but I got to work on this inpatient unit, Kimmy, this inpatient that was state of the art. You know, we had one way mirrors. We had bug in the ear. We had psychodrama. We had role playing. We had gestalt therapy. We had all, you know, all the stuff that makes you smile, makes me smile and working with people who are saying, bring it, bring it. I want to get better. I want to get healthier. Yeah. Challenge me, push me. Let's do group therapy. Let's do individual therapy. Let's do, let's work with the psychiatrists and psychologists. And my goodness, like I felt like I had just discovered gold. You know, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with my life. I had thought about going into law. That's another story, but I'll tell you what, (laughs) three months working in a law library, doing briefs, Yawn, 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 as opposed to working on an inpatient unit where I was able to try this, try that, practice this, practice that, see change. Okay, like life calling grabbed me by the nap of the neck and said, you're going here, man. And I went there and it's been an exciting ride ever since and very challenging and, as you well know, very rewarding. Mm. And uh, I love it. I love my work. And I don't know, people ask me, when are you going to retire? Any one well, my two sons are like, what are you going to do, dad? Well, I don't know. This is pretty, I'm going to play tennis and pickleball and do all the other things that <laughs> the nation is doing, but I'm going to do this too. I'm, I'm going to write books and I don't know. It's still very juicy and exciting work. Oh, I love that. Now, it's so funny. We don't, you didn't even know this about me too, is my first job was inpatient unit as well. Oh. And I did drama therapy. Oh my God. We have so much. Was it in Portland, Oregon? It was not. It was Chicago, Illinois. So okay, you know, okay. We, probably, we could probably share you know, some yeah. stories, but like, yeah, yeah. I, it is energizing. And, you know, and this is something also that we talk about is that I love putting people into action, right? You know, it's not just yeah. about the talking, but it's about the doing. And that's what like the drama for me helps yeah. much with. So that's so cool that you have that. Um, yep. Yep. Well, I know I've shared on my podcast, just like I've, I always throw myself under the bus, like with my own stuff, but like when you were studying this stuff and going through it, and then like, you got that focus about emotional abuse and narcissistic stuff. Um, yeah. Were you dating at the time? And like, were you seeing like, signs of people that you were interacting with in your personal life? Like, cause that happened to me. That's, I wondered if that happened to you. Well, 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 a little bit of a little more of my personal story. So I was divorced 20 years ago mm. and dated for a couple of years. So I've been, I've done online dating. I've, uh, that's how I met my wife. I've been married now 20 years. And um, so I, in fact, I wrote a, one of my books is called "Are You Really Ready for Love?" and how do you how do you ready yourself for love? How do you ready yourself for a relationship? So yeah, and I did all the, all the things you talked about in your intro. I, <laughs> you know, I I I dated a lot, and uh, I looked and I collected data points, and I discovered, you know, okay, what is what does a healthy person look like, and what am I like? When am I the healthiest? 
and I'm I am married. I'm happily married. But I tell you, Kimmy, not just this is not just a cliche, but I have to work at it. I have to I discover. Oh, my goodness, David, you hurt. My wife's name is Christy. You hurt her feelings when you did that, when you were dismissive, when you didn't take an active interest. Anyway, all kinds of things that I have to, I do a lot of group therapy with men and with men and women. And I tell you what, I heard somebody else say this. I learn a lot when I do group, like, ooh, I did that. Ooh, I Mm -hmm. do that. Ooh, I've thought that. Ooh, and self-awareness. But my goodness, I mean, we we've all got to be keep we've got to keep growing and learning. Otherwise, my goodness, my marriage could fall apart. It is not. It hasn't, but it could. And so this is another topic. But I think marriages and relationships are renewable. Like, hey, we should be talking. And how are we really doing? Mm-hmm. How is our friendship? How's our companion? I mean, we should be having those conversations all the time with anybody we're in relationship with. Yeah, no, I love that. Well, because it pertains, the reason I asked about the personal stuff is because we're our own best teachers, I feel like every single time, right? And even though like you go through schooling, like when you're experiencing it, like it just lands differently and like through kind of your work and working with other people and yourself, like what are... What are some like signs that you started detecting, you know, about like emotional abuse and like, you know, like as people are out there dating, you know, things to look for. There is one sign, Kimmy, that I think this will give us, we'll, we can really unpack this. Yeah. I did a, I did a video a year ago. I do a lot of videos and uh, information and podcasts and so on, but the video is called, um, a simple test of narcissism. Now that's a little arrogant for me to say a simple test, really Dr. Hawkins, can there be a simple test of narcissism? And I can, I'm going to tell you what it is. Here's the test and everybody can take this in your relationship. Are you able to bring a concern to the other person, whoever it might be about them? And be confident that the concern you bring to about bring to this other person about them will be heard, held, validated, and responded to effectively. Ooh, mouthful. Love that. Yes. One more time. Yeah. In your relationships, whoever it is, are you confident that you can approach this other person with a concern about them? Key part, and have the assurance that they will hear you, hold your concern, and respond effectively. Now, parenthetically, Kimmy, so you can read between the lines here, in a dysfunctional relationship, so all of people watching, listening to this, you can be thinking in a dysfunctional relationship, you bring a concern to the person, and what happens? They become defensive. Not only defensive, by the way, defensiveness isn't just like, oh, yeah, you know, they tended to be a little defensive. No, blame shifting, blame shifting. Not only didn't I do it, but you do that. Not only do I not like what you're saying, but you are the one. I'm not the problem. You're the problem. And I can't believe you're even bringing this concern to me. And you need to just shut up. And so anybody, that's listening to this, if you feel unheard, 
again and again and again. By the way, emotional abuse is a pattern of behavior. It's not an incident. We've all acted and reacted badly, of course. But if it happens again and again and again, you are dismissed again and again and again. You are defended against again and again and again. And you find your voice shrinking. You can't bring a concern. Relationships thrive because I can approach you with a concern. You will hear me and you will respond effectively. You're going to look at me, Kimmy, when I say, look, I got a bone to pick with you. Your words are going to be, David, tell me, tell me, talk to me. If you want a relationship with me. And if you don't, you're going to go, yeah, no, 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 no. Didn't happen, wasn't there, don't know about it. And I don't I don't need to hear about this anymore. In fact, you, Kimmy, are to blame. All right. So that's what the simple test of narcissism and emotional abuse, that will help you determine whether this person is emotionally mature and capable of having an, an in-depth, healthy adult relationship. If they can't do that, Boy, you better be having a conversation with them about how they're going to be able to do that, or you better be walking. You better just painfully turn away and say, this cannot work because your relationship will not thrive. Oh my gosh. Ooh. I love that. Bam, oh. mic drop. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. it's, it, and it's, you know, it. It seems so simple, yet it can be so complex, especially when you're first getting to know someone. It was funny because mm. I wrote this article years ago for the Huffington Post of like narcissist busters from the minute you say hello. Because like mm. often, like in that beginning phase, when you're so used to not sharing yourself and being like the good audience, this is why I always tell like people on that first date. Yeah. And you're the listener, but you're not the sharer they love you. Narcissists love you, right? Because they can perform, they can <laughs> right. do talk, their, talk, talk, do their little juggling act, right? Yeah. And you can't really detect some of what you just said, because, you know, it, it's almost like this glaze that kind of forms over yeah. someone. And, and I love what you said. And it's, you know, you're not going to go on a first date and say, let me tell you about something that you did. Obviously yeah, you can't. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Right. And so, but there's some characteristics and personality traits and signs such as even like how they treat a waiter or a waitress. Absolutely. The way they listen to you or not listen to you. You know, like there's these little nuances to those beginning, beginning phases. But like in the end, you can really start seeing that when you start having your voice and they're not listening, you know? And so, yeah. It's about, it's about emotional maturity and, you you know, the people I work with, the many of the women and the men, the the women will say this, Kimmy, they will say, I'm connected to a toddler and they don't, I mean, this is a little boy or a little girl, you know, I, I, I can't really, they don't handle conflict. Well, they don't handle feelings. Well, they, they, they can be bright and shiny. Like you say, we can, we can all go on a first date. You know, that, that's, I mean, those first, I mean, who doesn't like a first date? Come on. Those are, those are tremendously exciting. And second dates can be really cool too. And, but, but 
then you want to you want to see what's going to happen when the thorns start to show up on the rose, you know, like, okay, and you listen carefully to how does this person really relate to other people? And what what do they really like in the trenches? And how do they deal with resentment? And how do they deal with anger? How do they deal with frustration? Let me say that one again, Kim. That's a that's, good one. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a key one. How do they deal with frustration? With how do they deal in the car? Like when yeah. somebody cuts them off? Like, oh man, is that is that World War Three? Or do they are they able to put things in perspective? Or how about this one? The thin-skinned human being, the emotionally immature, like. Oh man, you wouldn't believe what that, that somebody cut me off in traffic today. No, tell me it didn't happen. Like, and that tells you. So if we, if we're good listeners and if we really are critically looking at another person, we're, we're going to discover the thorns on the rose and then we're going to be able to ask better questions. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And I love that you highlighted some of the emotions, you know, and the way that they deal with yeah. that. Can you do I you said an interesting emotion. I'd love to talk more about that. You said resentment, like how they deal with resentment. Can you share Yeah, resentment. So somebody smarter than me said resentment is resendment, meaning we're mm. resending some we're regurgitating something again and again and again. And another thinking error, you know this one, personalization. Oh yeah. They did it to me. They mm. cut me off in traffic. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. They didn't cut you off in traffic. They were late. They were doing something. I don't know what they were. We don't know what they were even doing. They they did cut in front of you. But anyway, personalization. So if we listen to someone, do they regurgitate resentment? Do they rehearse resentment? Or, Kimmy, are they emotionally clear? Now, what's um, what does that mean? What's yeah. emotionally clear? So if I'm carrying around resentment, if I'm carrying it and you bump into me, out bubbles my resentment. And if you spend any time with me, you're going to feel my resentment, my anger, my jealousy, my frustration. So emotional clarity, we all know those people, and I, I hope you are one and I hope I am one, that we're we're not carrying around all that stuff. We're like so we're able to show I'm able to show up with Kimmy as David Hawkins just hey I'm I'm clear. I'm good. This is what you see is what you get and I hope what I see is what I get. But people that are carrying around all that junk. Mm-hmm. Boy oh boy, if you spend an hour and a half with them over the over a, a dinner, you're going to feel if you if you tune in, you're going to like ooh ooh Ooh, this person is carrying a bunch of resentment, unprocessed junk. That's kind of a, <laughs> not a very sophisticated <laughs> way of saying it, but unprocessed yeah. junk, un, unprocessed frustration, unprocessed playing the victim. So you're going to hear they're not emotional, emotionally clear, which they need to be, if you're going to have a relationship with them, come on. I don't want to have a relationship with you and your last seven <laughs> partners that you've had. I, I want to have a relationship with you. I want it to be here and now. I don't want to, I don't want you, you showing up with all your past dragon behind you. So emotional clarity, I would look for that. 
I would look for how do they deal with frustration? Are they mature enough to go like, yeah, no, somebody cut me. You know, I had a rough day at the office, a rough day, but you know what? It's all good. I'm here with you now. We're having a good time. It's all, I'm clear. Or I'm not. And if I'm not, boy, oh boy, your radar needs to be, Kimmy, anybody listening, their radar needs to be picking up. Ooh, this person is unclear carrying a bunch of junk. And when I bump into them, guess who's going to get it? They mm -hmm. are going to get it. Boom. Out comes the junk. Uh, that's no, that is awesome. I, I love that recap too. And, you know, cause I'm sure people listening are reflecting on interactions they've had with people like that. And to know no. that that's a sign to pay attention to that, to not ignore those feelings. Cause I think that's another common thing that I see. I don't know if you see is that a lot yep. of times people detect these signs, but they get ignored because of the conversations of, well, it's not that bad, or they get snowed by the other like chemistry or the sexual charge, and they're yep. not paying attention to some of those red flags. So I love that you said that. And I love also, by the way, I love your focus on men as well, because I think like women often will say, well, you know, it's the narcissistic men, you know, like what, so many people are focused on the narcissistic men and, and the women who attract that. But I, like you find the same thing. Like there are a lot of men who attract the emotional abuser women. And, you know, like I was wondering what are some of the things that you do like with men in particular to help them or empower them so that they don't keep attracting that? It's a great question, Kimmy, and I got to admit this. It's a cutting edge for me. Mm -hmm. uh, our most our most popular podcasts and videos are on men who have been abused narcissistically yeah. by women, and I, it 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 kind of goes against how I think. You know, I I think stereotypically that the men are the abusers and women. I mean, I want to go off on that tangent for just a moment because, yeah. in truth, women are the ones that are buying the books. They are the ones mm -hmm. doing the work. They are the ones calling me. And man, guys, I wish it wasn't so, but we are not reading the books. We are not going to self-help groups. And women are really working at the relationships. But to your point, are there, are there a group of women who are emotionally immature as well, who are demanding and dominant and who don't regulate their emotions well? There really are. And they, so men need to be very clear about that. You know this word, boundaries, 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 boundaries. And we could talk all day about it. And we should talk all day about mm -hmm. it because boundary we you know somebody smarter than me and you said we teach people how to treat us so and whether you're man woman whatever we all need to be crystal clear what are we teaching people about how to treat us what are we saying to them so anything you know this about boundaries anything i tolerate i enable mm -hmm. did he say that anything i tolerate i'm going to say it even stronger Anything I tolerate, I enable, and I even foster it. So whatever I'm complaining about, if I'm complaining about it again and again and again. So man, if you are, if you find yourself complaining about certain behaviors, 
Are you drawing any boundaries? Are there consequences to this bad behavior? So bad behavior, whether it's man or woman, bad behavior is bad behavior. And we all need to be held accountable. We need to be told, look, what you're doing is intolerable. But if we use the word intolerable, it really better be intolerable. I will not tolerate this. I care about you, but I will not tolerate this. So be crystal clear. Here's what I'm going to do in the face of that. So everybody, if you're not doing that, if you're complaining again and again and again, you're, you're enabling a, a very dysfunctional system that really does need to change. It's so true. And you know, like, when you're in it, you don't realize that you're doing it until, you know, like yep. it, it, you stop it. There was another guy that I was working with and he ended up like engaged to this really abusive woman and, and he would complain about it, you know, over mm -hmm. and over again. And I asked him, what are you getting out of this? Like, what mm -hmm. are you gaining from mm -hmm. this interaction? He's like, well, I don't understand what you mean. So I actually had him yep. do a cost good. benefit analysis on it's paper, good. just like in the finance world. Yeah, like, good. what is this costing you? What are you benefiting from it? And it, it was, it was like, it totally clicked when he saw this on paper where all the benefits was literally something, and I hate to say it, a dog could provide for him. Like it was just such mm. like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like very, like there it was like nothing it was like crumbs. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. the costs were so heavy. And I said, do you see the imbalance? And I like, it clicked in him, but like it, you almost become in a trance sometimes when you're in it. I, and so, yeah, like, cause that's I, what I was going to ask you, like, how do people, how, how do you help people get out of that? kind of like trance Kim, Kimmy, it's so good what you're saying, because sadly, tragically, what my practice is filled with is 45 year old, 50 year old, 55 year old, 60 year old, 65 year old. Now that may surprise yeah. you like what? I can't remember the last time I had a 30 year old call me or 35 year. Now what's the point? The point is all of this pain sadly becomes cumulative. Mm -hmm. So it's a 50 year old. And I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a brief little story. I'm thinking right now of a 50 year old woman and she's actually giving me permission to tell her story, but uh, she wrote a letter to her husband after they were separated. And the letter said something like this. I look back and I'm just terribly sad at what I tolerated again and again and again, you know, and, and, and I got caught up in the kids soccer practice and the music lessons and going to church and being involved in the community and the mortgage and the data, da 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 the, just the dailiness of life. And I, I talked myself out of my pain. So what's the story here that what's the, the moral of the story is don't talk yourself out of your pain, take stock, do what Kimmy just said, sit back and do a cost benefit analysis, take stock of the toll and really, really, really listen to your feelings. And if you'll do that sooner rather than later, you will get clear. That's what we want. Clarity. clarity. And with clarity, Ooh, we take a deep breath and then we draw some lines, some boundaries. We make some difficult choices, but I want to give everybody else, everybody some, some more hope about this. My favorite word these days, Kimmy, is intervention. 
The past is the best predictor of the future unless there's been an intervention. Then the past doesn't have to predict the future at all. Well, now, what does that mean? That means that means if you or I will interrupt, we will disrupt a system, we'll disrupt our current relationship. We'll say, nah, I'm stopping. No, 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 no. I'm going to I'm going to pull apart from you for a week or a month or a day or an hour or 27 minutes. I don't care. I'm going to pull apart to reflect. And then when I come back together with you, I'm going to be clearer. And we may end up doing our dance differently than we've been doing it. Cause mm-hmm. I'm going to take stock. I'm going to journal. I'm going to talk to Kimmy Seltzer and did I get the last name, right? You, yeah, actually. Yes. It's just like okay. Alka Seltzer, right? Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to talk yeah. to her. I'm going to get clearer. And then when I come back together again, I'm going to say, yeah, no, we're not going to keep doing things the way we've been doing it. Cause I'm now clearer. I've been feeling my feelings. I'm taking stock. I've been doing a cost benefit analysis and I still care about you, but yeah, no, if we want to do this, it's going to look a little bit different. And if you want to sign up for that, we can, we can try that, but this is, this is an intervention. Are you threatening me? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I'm threatening you. Absolutely. I don't like threats. No, me neither, but it is a threat. Make no mistake about Yeah, you got it. You're reading it. It is a total threat. Well, I don't respond to threats. Well, that's okay. You get to or not get to. I don't, that's, that's, but I'm, yeah, I'm threatening you. If this doesn't change, then here's what I'm going to do. All right. A little bit of a rant there. No, I love the rant. Rant away. Like it's fantastic. And I, you know, I tell people sometimes too, when they're in that stuck place or they don't know like how to get out of it. It's like, well, if, if you like the way that you're feeling, then just stay there. Like, that's fine. Yeah. You, right. Like, I mean, yeah. if, if you want to continue to attract emotionally abusive people, then like, then just keep doing what you're doing. It's fine. Yeah. But if you're ready to, to shift and change, you're right. Like the intervention, the disruption of the pattern. Disruption. To happen, yep. right? Um. Yeah. So, but given that, like, what would you say to someone who, like they deeply like kind of want to change, but they're just, they've almost like given up or they've fallen victim to it. Are there any like kind of words that you would share with them to kind of inspire them to get to that point of intervention? Small changes, yeah, small changes yeah. for any of us, you know, um, the book, um, the atomic habits by James. Oh, love that. Yes. I love oh that. yeah. Okay. So James clear says to us, look, just begin to change a few things, change mm-hmm. your environment, change the way you drive to work, change it, change the way you show up, change where pink instead of blue. I mean, dye your part of your hair green. I don't know. Start to change things up a little bit and set yourself up for making small changes and then change becomes cumulative. And so I would just say, you know, don't, don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't, don't try to change the whole world, change some little things. And then you will notice and it becomes kind of addictive. It's kind of cool. Like, yeah. wow, <laughs> I am, I've got 10 days going where I'm journaling every day. I've got three weeks going where I'm practicing setting boundaries. I've got this and change begets change. So that's what I would say to people. Oh my gosh. 
I like goosebumps because like literally that that's the always like something that I I say, you can tell like we have similar traits. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it is those small wins and the small wins have to be part of an action. Yeah. Because that's when you feel it too yeah, in your yeah. body and the experiential piece is so crucial and it's the repetition, right? Over and over and over. And then, yeah, like you said, it becomes addictive. So for the very thing that becomes addictive in a negative way, you can totally turn it around, you know, in the positive way. So new oh neural pathways, everybody new neural. Yeah. And what we thought 30 years ago that when you're over 50 years old, changes him not true at Hogwash. all. No. Hogwash change is always possible. So begin it, begin it in small ways and get excited. Join, come on, join the, get on the bus. It's exciting. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God, I could go on and on with you. And thank God, actually, I am on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, we're going to go on and that. on. Okay. All right. Um, but any kind of last words of wisdom and also how can everyone find you and your books? Yeah. Please plug away. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm part of the Marriage Recovery Center. So www.marriagerecoverycenter.com. And we have a, also the Emotional Abuse Institute. I've written a lot. So if you want to <laughs> learn more about what I'm doing and emotional abuse, my uh, best-selling book, When Loving Him is Hurting You. And then I wrote a, a sequel called In Sickness and in Health, which covers the physiological impact of emotional abuse. So that's another topic, Kimmy, is the topic of exhaustion in relationships when our body keeps the score when we have been emotionally abused. So listen to your body. So when loving him is hurting you and in sickness and in health and uh, we provide all kinds of treatment for victims of narcissistic and emotional abuse and perpetrators. So, and we're very, very effective. Beautiful. I can tell. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and coming right. on here. And I'm excited to continue the conversation. Thank you. Excellent. And thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. Of course, I'm your host, Kimmy Seltzer. Remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you're finding yourself in that cycle of emotionally abusive relationships and attracted to toxic people when you're dating in particular, then hop on a private call with me to talk about ways to help you get out of that cycle and date smarter. So just click the link you see in the show notes. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now. <laughs> <laughs>